Welcome to Bet Doctor. We're behind the curtain look at how pro punters bet. A big thanks to puntingform.com.au and our major sponsor, topsport.com.au. It's a big season two, and this is episode one. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined by the punters punter, DK, and the brand new star of the show, Darcy Spinks. Firstly, ladies first. Yeah, Darcy, absolutely. welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, guys. Hey, Thanks hey, for hey, having welcome, me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Bet Doctor. Yeah, super exciting. Super you, excited to be here. I'm a little bit surprised that you've joined us because we <laughs> took you to the races a couple of weeks ago. It was Group 1 CFO Day and you've made it back. You've seen yeah, DK in full a, flight. had a day on the drink with DK yeah. and she came back. Yeah, so, look, it was fun. I had, had to come back for more. You had to come back. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Plenty more of that. It was a great day. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and you, yeah, it was good. We had a beautiful day, didn't we? We had the table on the overlooking the winning post scoot, and yeah, it was the Promenade uh, <laughs> Melbourne Racing Club. So it was beautiful. We had a three course feed there. It's it's stunning. Uh, I think it's the best way to do racing at the moment in this sort of COVID era. Book a table up at Caulfield, especially if you're a member. It's it's a great excuse to buy a membership. I think one of the Caulfield memberships is probably the best value membership yeah, of yeah. all the racing clubs at the yep. moment. Um, yep. I think it's about you know two or three hundred dollars, and then I think it was about two hundred ahead, and I think we were full of drink and full of food, and we just had a great day. We couldn't really back a winner. Oh, back a winner! I got a dollar eighty chance beat at Emerald. That's how good my day was. I mean, there we go, DK the cooler again. But anyway, no, it was a good fun day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, was outstanding. And we learned a little bit about Darcy. So I did the booking and we didn't really communicate properly. And I've, I've learned that Darcy's a bit of a vegetarian. And then, yes. And then... yes, we did learn that. We had a <laughs> bit of conversation over lunch, didn't we? We did. Yeah. And then it, it sort of, you know, it led into another conversation about DK and this documentary that he's been tuning into. And he's watching all these athletes. Now, DK over the summer, he's... He's, he's lost a fair few kilos. He's lost about 10 kilos. He's been in hard work, and I think he's starting to, like, chime into this vegetarian <laughs> diet. And then Darcy was sort of egging him on. And what, what's happened the other day, DK? Oh. You've, you've speared in so to what, some vegetarian uh, sausages. Yeah, so it came from the, watching the uh, Game Changer documentary on Netflix, which was the, uh, the MMA athlete who, who got on, changed his diet and, you know, became super strong on all this and a lot of other athletes on there and whatnot. So... Um, I mean, Being the athlete you are. With the athlete I am, yeah. <laughs> you know, feeling, you know. Anyway, I got to the supermarket. It was in the, I thought I'll cook up barbecue or something for lunch and saw the the, the uh, plant-based meat sausages there yes. at Coles. So I thought, yes. oh, I'll give him a run. Why not? Give him a run. I don't know that Turn I could. Anyway, so I gave him a run, smothered him in tomato sauce and hot mustard helped. And they the went, only they way went, to do it. <laughs> they weren't too bad. They weren't too bad. But um, on that documentary, the most interesting part to me <laughs> they had a urologist on there oh. with three Miami Dolphin players. Okay. And his job was to measure the power of their Rogers. Or erection. Say, we can say erection. Oh, yes. We can say erection. We can say erection. We're not on commercial <laughs> radio anymore. So he had sensors. We're free and, to say whatever we like. And they, they, had, they had meat for dinner one night and he measured them during the, how they slept and everything. And then they had plant-based dinner the next night yep. and measured them again. And they were results were basically three. Rogers were three hundred percent stronger <laughs> during the night wow. of the plant basing. So there you go. Two hours. You get to try the vegan sausages and see, we'll see what happens tonight. Try your luck. So have the vegan sausages. <laughs> Wake away, Bendigo. Find a winner in the Bendigo thirteen hundred meter maiden. Yeah. So it's all happy days. We're Easy. All right. So I bust open the bubbles. Dear, would you like a bottle of glass of bubbles? <laughs> Six o'clock. Get the bubbles going. Bust into a bottle of red. Beautiful, oh, everything's going all right. Oh, great stuff. Get some takeaway pizzas, but I, we, so we got some takeaway pizzas, and one of the pizzas maybe, maybe might have been a bit iffy. Anyway, <laughs> so I'm sitting there at sort of ten o'clock or something, and I'm looking at my phone and just watching TV, and start to room starts to spin a bit, and I'm looking at the phone starts to spin. I said, "What's going oh, on here?" No, something in the snags. Uh, oh well, <laughs> I don't think it was the snags. I so I said, to, "I said," and then I sort of I, I said to Mrs. I don't, I don't feel that well. I'm going to bed. So I go upstairs. And, um, That's a bit of a buzz killer. Buzz killer, yeah. right? Oh. Yeah, the room's starting to spin. So I think I'm going to throw up here. So I go, <laughs> I go and park myself on the Brasco. The toilet. Toilet. Yeah, the toilet. Yeah. And pass out. Pass out. Oh. Wow. Because I didn't know, but I didn't know. She said I was up there for, she thought I was in bed. There's a bit of weed in the sausages, was it? Was, <laughs> where'd you get it from? Yeah, it was That sounds like so. Anyway, so <laughs> I, come, I, come, I come to, and now the head's like it's been in the fast spin in a washing machine. So I try and get up and I have no bearings at all. You were stoned, I'm sure. And I've just smashed, so I, I couldn't get up at no balance. I was just smashed head first into the toilet. 
tried to pick myself up there, just smashed back the other way, smashed my head into the toilet door. You, I just sent you the photos. Yeah, we'll get the t- we'll get the photos of the uh, Mate, of the wall, then the I'm plaster the, wall. I'm in the fetal position on the floor. <laughs> the missus comes up. What the hell's going on up here? So um, I, can't I did see it. My this. neck, my, I, was, I, I had a concussion, so I was, geez, my neck and everything was sore. I hurt my ankle. You busted the toilet seat. Bust, smashed the toilet seat to smithereens. <laughs> put a hole in the door. You see the hole. So that's how my night. I, I thought I might have a great night of romance and testing yeah. the vegan power of the vegan. And you busted the brasco. And I've been hobbling around and <laughs> sore neck, sore head for three days. Typical. As Typical Johnny McLeod said, the patient died again. Well, oh unbelievable. So there you so go, guys. what are we blaming that on? The drink or the oh, sausages? I think it was a, uh, there's a bit of bodgy prawn or something on the one of the pizzas oh, I'm tipping or something like that. Jeez, yeah. you've so just spun out. out. Yeah, spun out, so. Oh, right. There we go. There well, we go. it sounds eventful, no. to say the least. So, going to have to wait another time to test the... Uh, so, what happened? Did you wake up in the middle of the night with a, a boner or...? Mate, I was... You're too ahead of I was concussed. I was... Mate, I've had a sore neck, sore everything like, oh, no, please. <laughs> so I'll have to wait another time to give a test of freaking sausages again. <laughs> have to go around again. Yeah. We might have to get a couple of uh, vegetarian recipes from, uh, from you, Das. But yeah, I've got a few. We've, um, we've had a bit of fan mail, and a lot of people are asking how's DK recovered from the Little Birdie Million stream up at the Gold Coast. Yes. Um, um, have you re- have you recovered? You had a couple of sick beats up there, and again on CFO Day when we were sort of on the yeah. drink, but... Um, How's a pump been for you? How's your mental state? Mental state's good. (laughs) We had a freshen up, which has been good. We had a freshen up. We had a good freshen up. Um, Dropped a few kilos. Good freshen up. So I feel good. Um, I mean, I'll tell you what got me through that. Like, you've got to put put, put the bit between the mouth... And go and have forty thousand on the last favourite. You got to sort of, yeah, we you know, you got to, you got to have a crease. You got to steal yourself to do something like that, which yep. I did. I knew I hadn't sort, but you just got to get on with it. And for people who don't know, like it was pinion. Yeah, I think you had to, what thirty or forty thousand on pinion in the last on gold. Turbian. Oh, turbian. Turbian. Sorry, turbian. 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 So yeah, because I didn't didn't like mystery shot. This was express in the market. Mm. Yeah, the winner was who who says not a bad horse, but he was seventh run for the prep or something. But anyway, so but what people if, if you didn't see did didn't know is that. I did have a bet in race eight at Flemington as well and wasn't happy because I there were four chances. I backed three of them, the fourth pick one, of course. So I marched out onto the balcony and mm. kicking the cat sort of thing. And and then Johnny Walter, too clever Johnny Walter, has come back and said, well, DK's going to have a big bet in the last at Flemington. If he, if he gets beat, he's got to go out there and put on a show. So he went and hid two of his, two of his phones in the pot plants mm. to record me. And just got you a beauty. <laughs> got me absolute beauty. It was, and I had no idea. So, um, yeah. but, um, but no, recovered from that end. Physically, we recovered. I mean, we, we were supposed to go handlebars down Saturday night, remember? Yeah. We said, after the stream, we'll get out, we'll get a casino on that. And no, we had a cup full of Thai food, a few beers, and I was passed out on the couch at 11 <laughs> o'clock. I was cast. Yeah, it's a t- long day. Like. Yeah, tail in between yeah. the legs. But mm. um, it's inspired. The, the rant was so famous, and, and we've got these shirts. We might bring oh, it out in segment two. Oh, and segment two, right. Segment two, and we might, uh, we've got the Noonan boys on, and we might present them a, uh, a Hello Darkness, my old friend t shirt, and give them a t shirt oh. for coming in. But um, turned it into the pun, real punning attire, you know? Like, yeah. I think, you know. You're... DK's merch line. and People and back more winners than losers. Like, you know, that's what happens. So you. You know, and we'll, we'll, yeah, the DK merch line, you know. I think it's going to go red hot. And something that also will go red hot is your new set. So you're going to launch, launch a service uh, yeah. from the 1st of March. I am. And it's I going am to be all your provincial stuff. So none of this metro garbage. No, no metro. It'll be all the stuff. My, my mantra is always, you know, back, backing a winner at $3 at Caulfield is the same at $3 at Colac. Yeah. So it's, it's the same. Um, I love betting at what well, I'm, I'm selective. Mm. So it won't be a million bets. Um, it'll be when I like one and it ticks my boxes, I'll send it through. I'm thinking... It'll average sort of five to seven bets. What's maybe maybe thirty bets a month, something like that. Yeah. Um, average bets. It won't be won't be overdone. It'll be selective, and that's the way I bet. I'm not a high turnover, low margin punter. That's just not me. So, but I just want you know. Pick the eyes out. Yeah, and then the little birdie crew, like you know, they're fantastic. That, that Gold Coast live stream, like the all the all the all the people coming on it after five o'clock, and mm. you know, being the the, the the banter was fantastic. Yeah. You know, and you just so you just want to. All you want to do is find people winners, so I'm happy to uh, have a crack at it, Scoot, and uh, I think we can go all right, you know, mm. playing out wide. So We might have to try and smuggle you into the little birdie diamonds house and uh, entertain us with some of your banner now. We'll kick on. If you want to get DK set or the T-shirt, you can look at the little birdie shop. But on today's show, we've got Richard Irvine. He's going to discuss his side project, minimum bet laws, the 10% Racing Victoria POC tax. It's gone from 8 to 10%. Uh, we're going to talk about some new startups. There's been a little bit of drama 
lately with a couple of new bookies and everyone's got different rules and we just need some standardization with how everyone sets these fixed odds markets and it just needs a little bit more policing. We'll talk to Richard about that. We'll talk to Tristan Merlihan about that also. We've got In The Know With Snow. We've got his Caulfield Hut mail. He can't be in the show today, but Darcy will uh, relay his bets. And he's got some absolute crackers there. And then we'll go through the top sport, big bets, and early market movers. But it's going to be a big, big day on Saturday. We've got the live stream. We've got the little birdie, Blue Diamond Day. We've got 52,500 in the betting bank already. We think the bank will go over 100, maybe 150,000. There's going to be a lot of people involved. And it's just going to be great. Like you saw, I think it, the score's 2-2 at the moment with, uh, with Top Sport. We've won two. They've won two. We, you know, we could we could have fell in last time. Could've I guess if we wanted the win, but we wanted yeah. to go hard, and and I guess that's what the Noonan boys are going to do. That we'll speak to them in a minute, but they want to bet the lot. They want to either return half a million or a million dollars, or or zero. So for your fifty dollar unit, maximum bet of or maximum buy in of five hundred dollars. The Noonan boys are going to swing as hard as they can. And they've got a team with them. They've got they, some, yeah, they've, they've got, got a team. team, haven't they? So yeah, they got not... they're, they're funny young blokes, but um, they're very serious about their form. They use the yard. They use punting form. They love their tapes. They do their trials, their jump outs, and they've got sort of five like five blokes with eyes on the horses. So they cover Brisbane and Melbourne in great depth. I think they've got a couple of guys out wide in Sydney as well, so it's going to be six be hours of yeah. absolute and fun on the fresh, live stream. Fresh faces, fresh voices, fresh opinions, like that's what Absolutely. we're bringing, you know, you're trying to bring different punters, different, how everyone does it. I mean, the feedback from watching John McLeod on the Gold yep. Coast, cool, calm, collected, yeah, John yeah. McLeod, methodical, you know, didn't back that short favourite because no. it was under the odds and all that, you know, and then you, and Walt and, yeah. and then all the people with, and the Dogs boys and, you know, that's what we're trying to bring, different different perspectives, you know, different mm. punters. Yeah. You know, it's, the education is, is very important to what we're doing as well. Exactly. And we're going to give Darcy a little bit of a taste of the live stream. Well, this Saturday with COVID, we couldn't quite get the live audience and we couldn't get on track for the Blue Diamond. The guys at Melbourne Racing Club were trying hard to fit us in, but it's really hard at the moment with all the restrictions with COVID. But we've locked in Group 1, William Reed Knight at Mooney Valley. So we're going to have 200 people in our live audience. And Das, you're going to come out to Mooney Valley and host it with me. Yes, I am. I look forward to it. Mm. Good. Seeing it all in action. Yeah. It's going to be great. So I think it's going to be about 6 o'clock at night till 10.30 and it's food and drink and you can buy tables of 10 or a couple of mates and bring them along. Um, it's going to be great. We'll have DK maybe on a roving mic. You can ask questions. You can learn about betting if you're new to betting um, or you just want to bring a, a friend along. It, it'll be a great night out. It's food, drink. Yeah. And just a barrel of laughs, and hopefully we can get top sport for uh, for a few hundred thousand. Uh, I think it's just going to be fantastic. And the live audience—it's a new—it's a new domain for us. I think it was—it was difficult to go up and do one at the Gold Coast, but we ticked that box. And I think uh, it's going to be a heap of fun once we start to yeah. do these live audiences. Friday night, perfect. Mm. Yeah, it's Moon, a perfect Moon atmosphere Valley's as a great well. Place, yeah. So yeah, hopefully absolutely. everything's smooth. In the lockdown state, <laughs> I think we'll be fine by then. I think yeah. you know, it's yeah. the common yeah. sense we'll approach will we'll happen. Right. Now, up next, we've got Trav Noonan and Nick Noonan from the racing show, and they're going to chat through the Little Birdie Diamonds, the Blue Diamond Stakes Day Stream, this Saturday, the 20th of February. But we might just throw to a, an ad break now. Das, topsport.com.au. Topsport.com.au, the biggest betting online bookie, taking on everyone and betting the biggest limits. If gambling is a problem for you, call the Gambler's Help on one 800 858 We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Bet Doctor, a behind-the-curtain look at how pro punters bet. I'm your host, Scoot, joined by DK, and we've got some special guests in here. On the eve of the Little Birdie Diamonds, Blue Diamond Stakes Day live stream, we've got Nick and Trav Noonan from The Racing Show. Welcome, guys. Welcome, boys. Here you go, guys. Pleasure to be on Bet Doctor. Yeah, I've got the new studio and just a new look team, so we're pretty excited. But um, you guys are you're in the driver's starting seat. To get the for, butterflies starting to get the butterflies. Yeah, you've got a six-hour stream and you got all the pressure. You've got thousands of people have put their hard-earned in. We've got an early bank of around fifty-three thousand while we're recording the show. Uh, are you guys a bit nervous? I was saying to Trav when we walked in, it's just it's starting to become a bit real, isn't it? Yesterday was just all about doing the form. It was a bit usual process. Now we're in here recording this. It is starting to feel a bit real, but I'm um, very excited, very excited. 
Yeah, I don't think the nerves have got to me yet. We've <laughs> we've just been doing form, crunching the numbers, having a look at the figures on punting form, of course, going back through the replays. It's all been standard process so far. And well, just, you've got a bit bigger that's back. The that's the go. So I don't think it'll get to us too much, Scoot. I'm no, on the morning or when you get there and kick off on the on the live stream, you're probably... But that's when, when it'll kick in, I reckon. Yeah, because that, that's different. You know, What you're doing now is just your normal process, which is good, but then you're in a normally sitting at home in the bunkers, sort of betting away, but then you're... All of a sudden, you're on air. And, and a lot of excitement will come into it as well. We're very keen to get the bank, see how much we got, and see what bullets we can fire, and uh, have a real crack at getting the cash off top sort, I imagine. Mm, and let's just go, like, we'll, we'll rewind a little bit. And what your backstory? You guys are born into racing. Your old man's a trainer. Yep. So, our man David Noon, he's a racehorse trainer down there on the Mornington Peninsula. Does a lot God's of. God's country. Yeah, he, he does live in God's country. It's a good little spot of the earth. He lives down there in Balnearing. And uh, he does a lot of pre training for some of the you know, bigger stables in Melbourne, like the likes of Anthony and Sam Freeman, Kiraman, David Eustace. Sort of knows what he's doing. He's a good horseman. So, we learn a bit from him early days. And then it was about learning the form pretty much when we got to our teenage years. I've always wanted to be a race caller. So I sort of started that at 14, um, still do that occasionally doing the trials, now. Yeah, yeah. Doing the trials. Fair few of the horses you'll see on the weekend, I called them at the trials, like Sir Anders, Sir Dragon A the other day, so that's good. Um, trying to sort of break through there, but we've both been keen on the form ever since I can remember, I reckon, Nico. Always love racing. I remember finding books of Travis that are just filled with fields that he's written out, the weights, <laughs> the prices. He had no idea how to frame a market, looking back on them. But just uh, him riding them out, not even getting them off riser, riding down what horses are running where. So, yep, the sickness was well and truly bred into us mm. from a young age. I, I can remember that. I used to cut out the Herald Sun photo finishes and put them in a little scrapbook. And that was the oh, I was that sick. I think my first love was Let's Elope, my first crush. Don't worry about any of the girls at school. I was, <laughs> I was so keen on that. But Nico, you're a yard man, so you've got your eyes and your camera on the on the yard. So that final bit of conditioning and fitness, yep. you factor into your. Yeah, form. well, I, I learned a lot from my old man just going out to track work at you know seven a.m. every Saturday morning and things like that, and just looking our horses walk and all those kind of things. So I've tried to sort of um, take that into race day, and then you know yard stuff's really building profile on horses. I think that's the main thing, and I've been pretty lucky throughout COVID that I've kept working and my job is as a cameraman at the races so i've still been able to look at a lot of these horses throughout the the past few months in the yard was there all spring carnival so i feel like i've probably got a better handle than most on a lot of these horses especially these young horses so um yeah very much looking forward to continuing that and then saturday obviously might be doing a bit of that off the tv because we can't be on track but um yeah we'll be doing our best yeah, so we'll talk about the drama that's unfolding in the Blue Diamond in a second, but tell us more about the racing show, this podcast that you guys do. You guys smash out a, a stack of content. You focus on what Melbourne, Brisbane, and a bit of Sydney as well. Uh, run us through the team, I guess. They're, we did a little, a short little video that's up on our YouTube channel, Little Birdie Podcast, last Thursday night. It was a bit of lighthearted introduction to a few of the guys. These guys have got a, a fair bit of spunk. They have a bit of fun. You got three, uh, th- three little fellas up in, uh, in up in Brizzy, and they've saw, formed a bit of a team, and they all go on track on track and. And they pick the form apart, and you guys are operating out of Melbourne. Yeah, so it's it's sort of come along well with probably the last twelve months. Nick and I have been doing it on and off for what four years, I think, mm. just sort of as something to do. We both like talking about the form. We yeah, both like discussing it, and sort of just grown from there. So, um, and we've been lucky to pick off some really smart guys. So we have got a couple of guys in Sydney who are you know, um, especially Mark uh, Matt Sheehan. Who's a real gun, Mark's son. He's a, a top gun, Matty Richo. And then the three boys in Queensland, Ollie, Tom and, and Jacob, the three of them, you know, they're not mucking around. They do bet. They do form really intently. You know, I've worked with some pretty good form analysts through .com and RSN and stuff, and they'd be as good mm. as most of those guys. So, um, yeah, it's good. I think we're growing a sort of a young talent profile at the racing show. That's what we're sort of all about. Everyone's sort of under 30. You know, um, it's it's a little bit of a different vibe, and it's it's working out pretty well at the moment. The numbers we're getting is good, so it's um it's grown a lot in the last twelve months. So hopefully, it keeps going. Yeah, exactly. Jo- Johnny McLeod was pretty complimentary when I chatted to him after we did the little birdie million stream, and he gave the uh, the Queensland Mafia of the racing show a really big rap and said how serious and I how much they... they wanted to learn. And I even spotted a uh, a photo. I think it was Ollie in the same shirt that we recorded on Thursday on Thursday's show. He's wearing the same shirt to the races on Saturday. So. He's either had a, like a you know a two or a three day bender, or he just need. He, we might have to sit, we might have to send him one of the DK shirts. We'll give you guys <laughs> the DK shirts. The Hello Darkness, my old friend. How yeah, good are they? Right, How they are they? They're outstanding. 
And on they the got balcony a little there. logo on the background, but um, we'll give you guys one of those. But we might have to send Ollie one because. Uh, punting I, I, outside, I hope mate. It's going to be the new number one punting yeah, outside. He, so he, he needs to expand it. the wardrobe or he needs to pull his head in because this weekend it's he's going to be under a lot of pressure. Well, those me. boys, I reckon they can get up to a bit of mischief, those three on the track. <laughs> so I imagine there's plenty of eyes on them on Saturday. And I reckon Ollie could make his own version of the Hello Darkest Wild Friend DK <laughs> shirt. He seems to be a, a fair character who yeah. um, goes through his ups and downs on the track. Imagine after Isotope got beat in the Magic Million he could have uh, replicated the shirt for put sure. on a floor show yeah, yeah. 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 who's uh, who's going to be best on ground on Saturday Who who's going to win the most money you think for the boys oh I'd like to say myself but that's <laughs> yeah. a bit I'm, I'm still sticking seat 1A in my own fan club at the moment <laughs> I'm not sort of saying anyone else is going to be MVP we've got to have some self confidence Ollie's a big yard man in Queensland so hopefully we can um, find a few bets late there that just come Hopefully that no one else is really finding. So if we can do that, I think Ollie's a big chance to come home for us hard late in the day. Tommy's going to be doing a bit of Sydney for us, also Queensland, and, and Jacob's a pretty good judge himself. So early leaning, I'd probably have Ollie as favourite from myself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that, but <laughs> we'll, we'll wait and see how it all, all unfolds, I guess. I don't really care who's MVP, as long as it's a group sort of set up and we can all win the money and it's a team effort that's all I care about yeah. winning the cash for the punters and, yeah, and your strategy you guys are basically all in you guys want to swing as hard as possible so if we start with say 150,000 you want a, a triple return get the bank to half a million or if everything goes your way you guys want to take home a million dollars and really inflict some pain into topsport.com.au you guys want to it's all in basically boom or bust yeah, I think that's how you bet when you're young. So we've got to represent <laughs> how you how you do it. So young and fearless, let's let's hit top sport with a couple of bullets. And if we go down swinging, we go down swinging. Yeah, I think that's the plan. I think if we're up, you know, during the day and we're up a fair bit, sort of halfway through the meeting, then it is a bit of a reassessment. But I think at the early stages, the bank we're probably looking at getting. I think sort of times three, looking to triple the money is probably our, our early sort of goal. And then if sort of, sort of throughout the card, if we're you know, I've already achieved that. Then we maybe uh, can look already to... achieve that. I like the <laughs> <laughs> We can maybe look to uh, look at the milli. Now, uh, if you want to uh, follow all the action on the stream, if you want to buy in, you go to Little Birdie Pod, and then you go to the Blue Diamonds tab. Or if you want to watch the action on the stream, if you're brand new to the show, you can head to our YouTube channel, Little Birdie Podcast, and it'll be live streaming from about six fifteen. Possibly up to about 7 o'clock. I think the last at Eagle Farm up in uh, Queensland is, I think it's quarter to 7. So we'll need to stay hydrated and we'll be there a long time. It'll be a big innings and we might have to smuggle DK into the yeah, house oh for a bit God. of banter and Intruder. a couple of other surprise yeah. guests or, yeah, as you say, oh, yeah. intruders. But um, let's let's start to have a look at some of the races. We might go to the speed map first for Caulfield Race 4. And I think you're going to take us through this one, Trav. You've, you guys have started to, to pepper away. You've, you've found a couple of horses that you think might shorten, but let's talk, take a look at the mannerism in race four at Caulfield. And I guess, firstly, how do you think the track will play? Yeah, well, I've got a sort of feeling that the track could could definitely be as typical Caulfield rail true. Definitely advantage to be inside the first four or five, especially around the circle. Um, you know, class horses are still going to be able to run on, but I would, I'd still be looking for those horses sort of closer to the inside, sort of, yeah, in that first five. Um, I thought this race, the mannerism, the leader sovereign award, she was really off her game in the CFO. Just a hard horse to back without watching from the mounting yard. Like she got really worked up that day, didn't she, Nicole? And she can just be a horse that sometimes she's just not on her game. So she was not a horse I wanted to back early. The favourite perfect jewels, $2. Coming off just, I thought, an average trial at Belmont. Um, she's a horse who ended her campaign with two sort of flat runs, which is what I never really liked for a mare. I just wonder as well whether a good three surface, like a, you know, it's a good four at the moment, but I think it will be good three Caulfield with the weather we're going to get, whether a drying surface is going to be her preferred sort of conditions. And I thought she was just a, a favourite. I was really keen to oppose. Mm-hmm. I, I just think couldn't mark her $2. What do you landed on? You must, must have So on went with Lunacorn, Lunacorn, who's drawn gate one, Jamie Carr, like the hottest rider in Melbourne, yep. draws the absolute pole, looks to get run of the race. Like, yes, she's up in class, but... The figure from her last start performance, like comparative to a lot of these mares, is is really right in the ballpark. Like it's yeah. really in the game. I thought just looking at the, the stable and the jockey combination where she draws and that she's in form sort of fit, I thought she was the horse that the market has to come for and I was, I was really happy playing her early at around that 750 mark. I think I'd be surprised if she started, you know, at a seven in front of her name. I think mm. she's got to start closer to five. Yeah. And I've talked to some big guys and they're sort of thinking the same. Yeah. 
popular uh, popular what, what rider have, stable. Been, so five thousand or four thousand at seven fifty on on Lunacon. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? And that's I guess the probably the hardest thing that you guys need, or the hardest thing about the betting is is the betting bank and having that adjustable floating bank. And, and things change and it just evolves throughout the day. So even with the early betting, the bank's not set yet. So we're sort of guessing, yeah, that, um, or sort of trying to forecast how big this bank's going to get. So. We'd love to sit here and say, oh, let's have 20000 on this and it's going to be seven fifty into $5 and you're a genius and home you go. But yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's too irresponsible to have too big a bet early until you know the final bank. Yeah. And then you need to just sort of adjust on the fly. And I think that's what punning is. It's about lots of adjusting, see what the track's like, see what the condition's like, and you just keep updating your strategy. And, DK. Big, and with these boys particularly, Trev, the, the yard stuff. Yeah. You know, obviously, you want to get the final tick from the yard. Mm. Tell her this is yep. that she looks, when they know how the horses look. How she parades, and if they want to go again, and she's yeah, still six fifty or something. Away you go, you know. Yeah, exactly right. And you've sort of you've had three races by this sort of point of the day. You might be able to cipher a little pattern. Yeah, that was the other thing with betting early. We didn't want to go like too hard early in case there is a pattern like last year, mm. and it's impossible to make ground. And you've backed a few backmarkers already, so there is a bit of sort of wait and see. But come the day, we're definitely going to be launching some missiles. That's for sure. Mm. Mm, I love it. I just love the the early couple of bombs. It just gets top sport thinking about things and getting them on the back foot early. Now, the big race, the Blue Diamond, uh, it's breaking on Twitter at the moment, bombshell, the story. Bombshell. All of a sudden, it's what do we make there's, of this? there's a lameness, not just Enthar. So the vet's, the vet's been to Caulfield yeah. and trotted out all the horses, which is what they do before all the group ones. Yep. There's been issues with this before and has, and has cited the favourite Enthar, Dosh and Marine One as all being having some sort of lameness. Mm. So they'll be monitored and, and, and done again tomorrow. But what, that just puts a big cloud over the market. I mean, it's a short price favourite, having to take short odds now, you've got that question mark. But um, oh look, they're the best trainers, some of the best trainers in the country. Um, as you said, you've, what do you do? You back the train? Oh, I'd just. Yeah, exactly. They're, like you said, they're the best trainers in the country, and you've got to, you've got to back them in at the end of the day. But the market's definitely going to factor it in because a lot of the recreational money will sort of factor it in mm. early. It's going to be interesting to see what top sport kind of do with a price like that if they've still got money coming for her. If a few of the punters go, oh, don't want to really back Enthar early, see her in the yard, see her late, see what the market's doing, they might look to pick one out of the eye sort of um, around the edges a bit. So it is interesting. The speed map's probably the key thing for Enthar because looking at it, Abseil is going to be the real horse that's going to determine where Enthar lobs in the run. If Abseil beats her out of the gates and they want to cross Enthar, well, she's got a real task and try and kick up and lead it. And I think that could be a situation that could happen. I'm sort of envisioning Enthar might take a sit. I'm reckoning she might get like that extreme choice run that when he had a blue diamond and won it that year, just sort of in behind the speed, still wide on the track. General Bow's going to kick up. Dosh is very fast early. So there's good speed drawn underneath her, which is the problem. And then she's got that real fly on the ointment in uh, Absailer out wider. So that's probably going to be the key for the race for her. And if she can sustain that fast pressure, she probably will be the horse to beat. But I think there's enough there to be taken on at $2.30, and especially with the lameness now. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. We're sort of thinking she's vulnerable you know, all her form as well is at 1,000 metres. We know 1,000 metres to 1,200. 1,000 metre island, exactly. Yeah, so DK it is. Don't get me started. They're different ball games. So, you know, she's got to prove herself. And she's also been in relatively slow or average run races that first sort of five, you know, 400 metres. And so they've been dashes home. Whereas this is going to be, you know, hell for leather from the get-go, the first 600. They'll be going, you know, punting form, sort of all average benchmark, eight to ten lengths above. Like, they'll be flying. And it'll be the hunted too. Yeah, you know, exactly. she's, she's got the target one. on her back now, yeah. doesn't she? I think she's a she's a like I know there's there's plenty of thought that she's just the best horse and she'll win, but for mine, I think she's vulnerable and we've sort of been snipping away the edges a little bit. And you're keen on this horse, Nick. I'll let you explain why we've backed. Yeah, we've backed uh, Animo or uh, Animo, whatever you want to call him. Um, he is a horse. Seeing him in the yard, he, all three of his runs, he paraded like exactly the same last Saturday as he did in the debutants. Real culty. Just had no idea what it was about. And he came back, and I thought this preparation, he might sort of work it all out, but came back, and he was culty as. I didn't think he could win off the way he paraded. And then to see what he did in the prelude, um, and then to see the improvement he made out of the debutants takes, then to win the Merson Cooper, I'm expecting he's going to do the same thing Saturday. And if he does, he's got at least three lengths improvement, I would imagine, if not five. Like, this horse has that much improvement left in him from the yard. 
And then you just go back and watch his replays. In every single start he's had, he's just chased the line. It's just a, whole, a thing in a young horse you want to find, isn't it, DK? A horse who just gets back and savages the line every start. He's strong through the line every start. And he looks the horse at fast pressure, 1,200 metres. He looks the horse will be yeah, most suited. So it's more like a 13, as we said, to make more, the favourite more vulnerable. This, this race is more like a 13. You want to be able to run 1,300. Yeah. Yep. You know? And he's got the shades on. And he the, gets the blinkers for on. For the grand final. And Ollie sticks. Ollie Big sticks. Thing. So he's yeah. just got ticks everywhere. It's just going to be a matter of on the day if you can make ground. Yep. And even if so, it could be a race where they overdo it out in front and you can anyway. And, and that's the other thing, the map. He's going to go back from barrier number 15. But I actually really love the draw. We were watching the barrier draw and I... I did a little fist pump when Barrier 15 came out because I knew he was going to get in no bad luck. He's just going to be switch, out there. Exactly. He's just going to be out there by himself. Inside he's drawn outside. inside barriers his whole career. Now he's going to get to the outside horses and have an opportunity to build. You saw what he did in that Merson Cooper mm. when he came off the back of the sort of leaders and then gets to the outside. It was as big a last 200 as you'll see from a two-year-old. So... Yeah, Gee, I'm getting run. very confident. Run you be, you're getting very excited about that. Oh, oh, I can up. hear it in the voice. Exactly. Horned up deluxe, as we say. Horned up deluxe. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there and we go. So we've had something. 6000 6000 at $9. And I us. guess the, all, all of a sudden, the the talk about Enthar, the possible lameness. You guys could be in the box seat with that price, $9. I think it's 9 into eight fifty, But this thing could go... Oh, if they're running on, if this thing could here. be the map. The map will still the... reach, makes it make it price hold up. I would have thought to some yeah. degree, yeah. which is good. We want to go again, and we're strong. Um, but yeah, and that's you... the thing. We've got to see him in the yard as well. If he's if he's yes. made the improvement, yes. I think he will. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if we're going again. Yeah, mm. oh, I would be imagining the way you're talking. If he if he parades as well as what you think, <laughs> he's map, we're that, definitely that, going with that again. Map, there shouldn't be any problem getting on. Fantastic. All right, boys. What's the uh, what's the verdict for Friday night to uh, to prep? You, you throw it out on Twitter the other day. Are you going to watch the last dance? Are you gonna, Big bowl yeah. spaghetti. Are you going to watch Let It Ride? Yeah, the... I haven't really worked out the food options yet, but I'm thinking I'm thinking maybe one or two episodes of The Last Dance definitely gets a run, just when maybe MJ is coming into his prime and just really that that focus goat mode. So maybe that's <laughs> going to get a run. Sounds like you need to be watching busting out uh, Let It Ride. And then I the think way you blokes are going to be Let It Ride. Let It Ride, run, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> No doubt Let It Ride's going to get a run and then we might throw something else in there. Great. But we've, we've still got plenty of form to do as well, Nico. So. Some young people might have seen Let It Ride. Like, he's just an absolute yeah, you got, sensational you've got to see it, hunting you? movie. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Talk about going all in. So hopefully yeah. we're not in the situation he is, but if we are... <laughs> We'll be betting like he was. Yeah. It could, Dodge all the coolers. Keep it, me away from it you. It could come down to Eagle Farm, the last at Eagle Farm with Ollie, and uh, oh, I'm sure the yeah. boys will... Uh, yeah, we'll, we need we a crescendo. Have, we might need a GoPro on Ollie's head, but uh, a big thanks from all the Beck Doctor team. We've got the DK shirt. Hello, Thanks for coming in. Thanks, boys. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, good luck on Saturday. Powered by puntingform.com.au, Australia's best online form guide and database. I use it, DK uses it, and so do the Noonan boys and the guys from The Racing Show. Up next, we've got Tristan Merlihan, our major sponsor, and he's going to talk all things POC tax. And we'll see if he's starting to feel a little bit hot under the collar now the bank is starting to roll. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Beck Doctor. I'm your host, Scoot. This is a behind-the-curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm joined by DK, the punters punter, and Darcy Spinks, who's on fire on the boo. (laughs) Now, we've got our major sponsor, Tristan Merlihan, on holidays up in the Gold Coast hinterlands. Uh, It seems like every time we speak to him, he's on a yacht. He's (laughs) up in the hinterlands. He needs the the freshen-ups. He needs quick freshen-ups. Good good little lifestyle. Every couple of weeks, he, uh, he gives himself a freshen up in the paddy. But he'll need to be fresh because... We've got the racing show, the Noonan boys. They're going to absolutely go bananas this Saturday for Blue Diamond Stakes Day. But welcome to the show, Tristan Merlihan, Managing Director of Tosport. Good, good, to, good to talk to you all. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's always fun up here. We just go for a couple of little days away before the big weekend. So we've got a big weekend of racing with the uh, racing show boys uh, keen to take us on. So uh, just a little freshen up before then. Now, I guess the first thing, uh, how's... Turnover. I guess you're very vocal, and your business model operates a lot different to a lot of the big corporates. You you take on the winning clients, and you bet the biggest limits, and that's why you sponsor a show, and that's why we can get on with all our streams. But your business model is very different from all the other operators. So, firstly, I guess how's wagering turnover been um, since since we saw you last on the streams, and how's it been in the off season? Yeah, well, it was obviously really, really strong with COVID. We had that bit of a sugar hit. Um, we're sort of getting back to a little bit of normality in recent times, but our 
Magic Millions uh, turnover, and and it is a bit of a summer period. But we've had um we've had some still some strong results over the last sort of four to six weeks in particular. So it's it's really trending in the right direction. We're having a lot of conversations now with a lot of the racing bodies in preparation for the end of June, so that we can continually push our message of of what we need. Uh, you know, to, to be able to continue to offer these really strong products and really big limits for all the punters out there. Mm, there, there was an interesting story that dropped on racing.com uh, about a month ago. I think it was on the 19th of January. It said, in a move that was being welcomed by Racing Victoria, GRV and HRV, POC on wagering by Victorian residents will increase from 8 to 10% for on all net wagering revenue from July 1st to bring it in line with New South Wales. That was big news, and a lot of the punters sort of rallied around us and said, when are you going to get Tristan on to talk about it, and how is that going to affect us? Because a tax on bookmakers is a tax on punters effectively. So how are you guys going to manage that from your perspective? Yeah, so we sort of um, probably took a step back when all the, uh, you know, the the uproar originally emanated. Like, you know, our tax on, pun- our tax on bookmakers isn't, isn't great for anyone, and you see that on face value going from 8 to 10%, and it looks bad. Um, we're keeping our powder dry. We're having a lot of discussions and we're not trying to uh, draw, come to any conclusions until we've got all the information. Like what I hope is that extra 2% that's uh, uh, being, being taxed now from PIC in Victoria is going to go to the racing body's coffers and hopefully there might be some sort of uh, relief in the, uh, in, in the actual product fees or the race fields fees on those jurisdictions. We're working hard with that. The racing bodies understand that um, you know there isn't much uh, much left to squeeze out of the lemons. So we're we're just using all this information. We're, we're trying to get the best deal we can for the punters because at the end of the day, um, the higher the tax, the worse return the punters are going to get, and the lower limits that are going to be able to bet. We've already seen that by our Western Australian product. Um, unfortunately, we aren't able to be as competitive there due to the high limits. So we're just hoping uh, ho- hoping we can get a good result over the next couple of months, and we're working very hard to do that. Mm. What about you, DK? The landscape at the moment as a pro punter. Yeah, it's just, it's you know, tougher and tougher, but um, that's that's what happens. Nothing stays still, and in this. But I was just going to ask Tristan just, just on another point. Um, I've been meaning to sort of ask you about this subject for all deductions. Um, they're a bit all over the place with all the WSPs. Have you got any thoughts on whether there should be a uniform deduction um, um, or something like that? Oh, 100 percent. We'd be definitely for a uniform deduction, like there is on course. You know, the stewards. Uh, determine the, the deduction and, and I just feel now we've got the VOP which is the Victorian official prices in, in Victoria obviously and we've got one of those in every uh, state around the nation I don't know why we can't have a Victorian unofficial pricing which works before that 25 minute window and that's the price used to determine what the deduction is um, or, or, or the actual or the true price is and then the deductions based on that because at the end of the day we're, we're not trying to you know take a higher deduction than anyone else I'm sure a lot of the other bookies aren't either um, but the reality is, you know, you, you're only sort of brought up as, as the worst deduction when you've taken the worst, when you've taken the least, uh, you know, no one says anything. So mm. we certainly would much rather it be a uniform situation. It's fairer for the punters, it's fairer for us, and it takes all the angst out of it. Mm. Exactly right. And I think that's all we're sort of looking for as well. And I guess another point that we'll discuss further um, when we've got Richard Irvin on the line, but minimum bet laws. It's, it's a funny one. It, it could be really simple, and, and Tristan sort of hit the nail on the head. Maybe there needs to be a change with the minimum bet laws. So that, And this is something that you suggested, DK, an early minimum bet laws. So as soon as an operator goes up on a price, whether that be Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday for a Saturday race, all of a sudden you have to bet to win you know, $1,000 or $2,000 or whatever it is. But then on Saturday, or and once the, the, you know, the market kicks in 25 minutes, there should be a second minimum bet, bet, bet limit, don't you think, DK? Oh, particularly for the last 30 minutes of betting. I mean, it just takes me back to when yep. I worked for Mark Reeds, mm. and we, the traders, were in charge. We, we were in charge of the risk. So our, our, our thing, we had a computer in front of us. And I just remember, you know, we were only betting late then, but 30 minutes to go, I'd have 3,000 risks. 20 minutes to go, I'd up them to 5,000. Mm. 10 minutes to go, 10,000. In the last five minutes, I'd open the risks up to 25,000. That's just, and, and Tristan will be understand that. Um, that's just the way, that's bookmaking. That's, that's, and that's risk management as well, in a way, that the closer you get to the race is, is when you, you know, open the shoulders. And I think the, the bet laws should be, they need tweaking. They've been out five years or six yeah, years or something years. now. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's time for a tweak. And um, just interested in Tristan's thoughts, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'm, I'm all for that. Um, I reckon we need to make it as simplistic as possible. But 
what, what we do personally at, at Top Sport, we bet the minimums from the moment we open our prices. So we always bet to the 2000 or 1000 or whatever the legislative limit is from the Wednesday. What we then do is when the official prices open, so in that last 25 minutes for a metro meeting or the last 20 minutes for a provincial meeting, we elevate that to whatever the bookies on course used to operate. So in a metro venue, we bet to lose five. Uh, provincial, we bet to lose two or three. And, and as we get close to the race, obviously, we then op open the shoulders up even further. I, I even think for the big group one races, there should be a, a higher limit. I, I think they're the races we need to get the, the chat going even further. We need to see real bets going into the marketplace. So we bet to win 10000 to everyone from the moment we release our pri prices on the bigger races. And then we elevate that to quite significant limits in the last sort of 15, 20 minutes, as DK said, when the, when the liquidity is there. And, and that's bookmaking. And, and that's when you, you sort of lay a runner, shorten it up, lay another one. And, and that's where we need these fee structures in place so that you can run on a lower margin and you are able to open your limits, uh, open your shoulders, should I say, and get higher liquidity there, higher turnover, which is good for everyone. Mm. And I think it needs to get back to real bookmaking. And a lot of these guys that are probably starting their own businesses at the moment, I remember you know, 10 years ago, I think it was, or 12 years ago, I was working for BetStar and we used to lay off with other bookmakers and it was really vibrant and the price was sort of the price. You could you could move you know, 10, 15, nearly $100,000 worth of bets and lay it all off. It wasn't these these you know fake, false economies that we got at the moment because some, some of the time, um, these small bets are, are setting the market off and it's bad for turnover from the start when the market's open and then right at the finish. And if the more people that can get on and the faster we can get to that SP, the higher the turnover will be. So competition's a great thing and we want as many people playing the game and racing needs that to survive. So just on that, Tristan, I know you're happy for competition and what do you think from yeah. a competitive point of view? There's a lot of talk about Tabcorp and Entain, this group that's pushing hard to, to buy them out. What would you think will happen to the industry if Tabcorp are bought out by this Entain group? Yeah, it's a... Uh... Tough one. I like oh, Tabcorp do an unbelievable job. You know, like there, there's things that they could do a lot better. You know, if I had the scale that they have, I'd, I'd love to be in that position. But they, they still, you know, that, that they've got the obviously all the shop fronts and these sort of things. So it's a completely different business type than what we operate under. But I just feel that if someone else were to come in, um, I just don't know. Like oh, until you see what their plan is, until you see what their modus operandi is, you just don't know. And and um, I, I want to see more businesses. I, I love seeing all these uh, smaller on-course bookmakers going online, but we need everyone taking a bet. Like, what's the point of mm. opening up if you're only going to bet to a sort of small select group of customers? We, we need, if, if you're going to be online, you, you need to be open to everyone. And, and that, 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 that helps generate turnover. It helps create liquidity. So to answer your question, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to end up with whatever happens there, but, you know, we're just going to have to be be able to move with, with whatever whatever's in front of us and, and we're just going to continue to do our best, worry about what we're doing and, and, and yeah, see, see how we go. Okay, well, um, we might just pivot and take the heat off the conversation. You are on holiday, so I won't put you under the griller completely. But what about the streams? We've had four uh, live streams and the score's 2-2. Two, two. You got us mm. late doors in the Little Birdie Millions. We've got the Blue Diamond this Saturday. But what off the top of your head, you may not know this, but what's the ROI? If I put in you know, $100 on each of the streams... What would be the scoreboard at the moment? I know it's 2-2, but would I be winning on my return? Well, it's 2-2, but you've definitely got the away goals in your favour if we're playing a, a Champions League doubleheader league. You got the, the belting we received on um, on Melbourne Cup Night of Dogs was, was one of the uh, best punting performances I've ever seen. There has been a couple of little wins for us along the way, but um, certainly the uh, punters are well and truly in front if you've been involved in all four. And what about uh, confidence levels for this Saturday against the the Racing Show boys? We, they've they've taken the price on Animo, and then lo and behold, today there's a query over Entha. Yeah, we saw that, and um, there has been some good money for us for with Entha as well. So at least you know we, we are balancing the book out a little bit. But the boys have done very well. I've taken a a good price there. I expect it to firm up. They seem very very confident. They've got a lot of um. They've got they've got a lot of banter going. They're, they're going to keep us entertained as well, and they, and I feel like they're going to fire some bullets. So it's going to be an interesting day. I'm pretty pumped for this stream because, as they pointed out uh, when you did the uh, preview show with them, we've got some really good racing across a number of states. So that's going to make some, for some really big uh, liquid markets. And we you know they're going to be opening their shoulders. We're going to be betting really aggressive percentages. And um, yeah, it's going to be a good day. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be a few nerves uh, flying around, but yeah, that's it's, it's bookmaking. That's it's what we love. 
Oh, we might uh, we might let you get back to the little freshen up, and uh, we'll we'll dial you back in when we start the stream on on Saturday afternoon. Good stuff. Enjoy the next couple of days, and we'll be ready for Saturday. Morning, Tristan. Thanks, Tristan. That's Tristan Merlihan from topsport.com.au and Das. Topsport.com.au, owned and operated by the Merlihan family for 30 years. Bet Australian and bet with people you can trust. Topsport.com.au and please gamble responsibly. Up next, Richard Irvine. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. I'm your host, Scoot. This is a behind-the-curtain look at how pro punters operate. I'm here with DK, who's been on fire, and Darcy's back in the studio after the Noonan boys have dazzled us. But our next guest is Richard Irvine from Wagering Capital Management, a little side project he's been working on, but most of you will remember him from Fair Wagering australia.com now richie's made the little birdie hall of fame in the past in season one and he's an advocate for the punters he's he's one of the major reasons unofficially knighted by the punters yeah the patron saint we call him yeah no pbl (laughs) it's richie irvine make no mistake about that without richie uh, there wouldn't be any minimum bet laws and he worked really really hard for four or five years to really establish these these minimum bet laws and keep all the pras who were responsible who are responsible for managing the bookmakers to account to yeah. feed in all our thoughts to make sure that the industry survives, you get a fair go on the punt, and you can get a decent bet down. So welcome to the show. Welcome to Bet Doctor, Richie. Okay. Um, cheers, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Scoot. Nice to be here. Nice to be with you guys. Now, Richie, you've been working on a side pro- project, uh, WCM, or Wagering Capital Management. What is What is that? Uh, yeah, it's look. It's um, it's basically just a, a way to try and fund punters um, who might not have enough capital or uh, enough capital to really monetize their wagering models, or also might not have enough capital to really develop their wagering models. Um, yeah, it's, it's an idea that I came came up with with a few other sort of heavy hitters in the Aussie industry. Um, and yeah, look, simply, it's just. Um, the people that we want to deal with have got to be pretty sophisticated already. Um, they've got to design wagering models or in the process of designing wagering models that look like they're going to be quite profitable. Um, so, you, I mean, look, hypothetically, it could be you know someone who's at university studying applied maths or something like that, and they've put together a wagering model and it, it looks like it's going to be profitable, but they just don't have the money to you know properly monetize it. Um, so I just thought it wasn't a bad idea to um, put something together and, and try to reach out to people like that. It's not just for Australia, it's sort of all over the world. Um, and it's been good. It sort of kicked it off before Christmas and um, it's a slow and steady thing, but we've been talking to a few different people and got a couple of things up and running already. Um, so, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's just a side project, as you say. Um, and um, I think it's sort of a, a win-win for anyone who gets involved. Um, they don't have to risk any capital. They can only make money. Obviously, me and the other guys I'm involved with can try and make money out of it as well. But um, yeah, I think for, for the right punter, um, it's it's a win-win. Mm. I think it's a it's a great concept. Like a small punter trying to, you know, manage their bank, get their model right. It's an expensive process. Well, and, and those and those models are sort of a lot about high turnover, mm. uh, low margin. So they, you, need, you need good capital. To be able to turn over that amount of money, yeah, you know, and to make it profitable, so it's yeah, I know it's a solid idea by Richie. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, obviously it's confidential, but the sort of people who are attracted to that, you know, like mm. you said, just and hopefully promote young people, you know, with that maths background and things like that. We have more young people in the sport, and it's another way to attract them, you know. Exactly, and you sort of, um, I guess, punning form is a database for, the, I guess, the manual type punner where you can mm. look in and, and go through the sectionals and do it all yourself. But if you want to take it to the next step and get the raw data and build your own custom model, this is what Richie's talking about. So if you're interested in that, and if you're a quant or if in math, mathematics, or even if you're a racing smart and you need that bridging help. I think um, wagering capital management is a good solution for you. So you can find them on uh, on the internet, wageringcm.com, or just jump on Twitter and just slide into Richie's DMs, wageringcm, and he's very approachable and very easy to talk to. Richie, he's a great guy, so he will help you along your journey if you uh, so desire. So reach out and uh, have a chat with Rich. But um, Rich, 
you've sort of putting your hat on. You've, you went into retirement for a while there with your, I guess, lobbying with the government. Oh, not mm. the government, sorry, with the, all the PRAs, all the racing bod- bodies who control and lobby governments around POC tax and things like that. And I guess while everyone's sort of been sleeping in, in between carnivals, uh, racing Victoria have announced an increase in their POC tax, which now brings them in line with New South Wales. So all of a sudden, they've leapt from, what is it, 8, 8% to 10%, and that's going to kick in on July the 1st this year. Rich, what are your thoughts around this? What does it mean for the punters? Yeah. Look, I, 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 I'm, I know, I'm not that concerned about it. Um, Tristan would know better than me. I, think, I don't know if you've had him on yet or if you're having him on, it'd be interesting to hear what he says. Um, look, it's it's a hard marketplace, but it's 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 pretty hard to argue against a small raise when there's so much money flowing around um, the market at the moment with all these billion dollar deals and it seems like all the bookies are doing pretty well. So I think you've got to sort of pick your arguments and I guess on this case, I don't see it being a huge issue. I do think if they put up to 15%, um, then you probably start to see less value for the punters. But right now, look, I think it's probably just, in my opinion, probably just let it go and, and move on. Um, I don't, I don't, it's, it's hard to get a gauge of how the bookies are going, but you know, it seems that they're not going too badly. So I think COVID's helped them. Everyone's at home betting and they seem to, um, to be doing okay. So yeah, from my opinion, and I'd love to hear from someone like Tristan to see how much of a difference it's going to make to him. But from what I see, I don't think it's a huge, huge issue. Now, those minimum bet laws that were so important that were implemented, how long ago were they in? Was it about four or five years, Rich, that they've been in? Because they're definitely due for a tweak. Um, how long 2014. Ago? It's a long time. 2014. Well, six, and half, so six and a half years ago. 2014. Yeah, wow. yeah. Well, it definitely different yeah. 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 And apart from the obvious yeah. one, which we all, um, which is, you know, from the, that they kick in from when the price, when a bookmaker puts a price up. Mm. Um, any other sort of little tweaks you sort of, you, you sort of can think about? Um, they, they need to have a bit of a look at the limits. Um, mm. Maybe bet a bit bigger. Um, and then there, there's a few, I mean, the biggest one is minimum bet avoidance and it's like kind of out of control at the moment, especially you've got a lot of on-course bookmakers who are basically shutting down their on-course businesses and coming online. And, um, and then there's a lot of other people um, just setting up bookmaker businesses themselves and they come to the marketplace, basically very inexperienced, open up a shop, think that punters will suddenly come to them. Hardly any punters come to them other than people like me and you, you guys and mm-hmm. a lot of the other sharper punters. And they find it really, really difficult and they're suddenly like, well, this is no good. I don't want these people betting with me who effectively are finding you know, inefficiencies in the markets that they put up. And that's the, the point here is that they put these markets up. Nobody's enforcing them to, uh, to do that. So, um, and then they basically realise the minimum bet limit, which doesn't suit them. So then they do everything they can to try and avoid betting people and looking for all different loopholes. Long story short, there's way too many conditions in the minimum bet limits at the moment and they need to be completely scaled back so that these bookies can't try and, you know, try and keep not betting people. And it's like, at the moment, it's disgusting. It's out of control. Thankfully, like, I'm having some good conversations with different PRAs about it at the moment. Um, I don't know if you mentioned, Dan, but we're both talking to RBL this afternoon about it. Um, It's just got to stop. It's embarrassing. Yeah. so I'm like really fired up about it. It's really bad at the moment. All these bookies come in and just so arrogant, treat people so badly, and I'm done with it. It's got to stop. Jeez. Richie off the long run. Yeah, the um, and I'm hearing the same thing. So I Here think I yeah, the PRAs, the principal racing authorities, <laughs> um, they need to police these these online bookmakers. And I think we need to give them the benefit of the doubt. They're coming from uh, like an on-course environment to then online. But I'm hearing some really bad stories about some sort of like Melbourne-based sort of startups. Some of them are not paying. Not paying. Well, or they're just in disputes about disputes, certain bets yeah. and so you know money. ducking and weaving and just trying to avoid and wriggle out of situations that doesn't suit them. So it's it's a real weird one. So I'm sure if the punter's going to absolutely you know they're starting to lose or um, go on a losing run, they're happy to take the money there. But as soon as you start to back a couple of winners with them, oh no, like. They want to shut the account down, freeze the account, lock the account, or then dodge around these like minimum bet laws and sort of flaunt and hide in the in the darkness there. But I've heard some other stories, and not just um, from Melbourne-based startups, but uh, you know in New South Wales and things like that, where people are, are contacting smart punters and saying, "Oh no, we don't want your business whatsoever." So 
I don't just, bet here. Just, so yeah, you've opened an account. Yeah, but, but don't bet here. So like, okay, yeah. Scoot, well, no, every time, every time I bet like, here, but Darcy can. I have an account, I get letters saying, hey, don't bet with me. Yeah. Sorry, I, didn't, yeah, so I was just going to say, like, that happens to me all the time. Every time, if I open an account, not all the time, but 50% of the time I open an account, straight away I get an email saying, hey, mate, and often I know the people that like, haven't heard from you for ages, like, well, hey, listen, can you not bet with me? Because I'm just starting out. My answer is always like, no. And then it just descends from there. They just, they just, then, then when you say no, then they start looking through the minimum bet limits to try it. And they come up with all these ridiculous excuses not to bet you. Mm. And um, yeah, it, it's going to stop. It, it won't continue. So, which, which is good. Yeah. So, yeah, fingers crossed the, um, the PREs can sort of just get on top of it because I guess punters just need confidence. And I guess that's why Top Sport are our major sponsor. They bet the sharps, they play everyone. It's fair, and that's why everyone gravitates towards their brand. And punters just want a fair go. And then if people are turned off or um, can't find, a, like, you know, can't turn over money, the game dies very, very quickly. And mm. then all of a sudden, people get really sour, tasty in their mouth, and it, it's just a really dangerous, you know, line that we're sort of treading here. And the industry just doesn't want to be tarnished with that sort of reputation. Yeah, no, and that's. I mean, Darcy's been sort of new to this, but yes. when people here, when I even tell my parents or friends, and so. They say, oh, you try it's like walking into a shop mm. and there's milk, one price, or, you know, they say, you, you can buy it, but you can't buy it. And that's that's the thing in racing. And a lot of people can't say, how's that, how's yeah. it work? No. Mm. So, like, it's no. not, and that's why Richie was called fair, fair wagering. We just want fairness. Yeah, it's you know? got to be fair. Gotta Absolutely. Be fair. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in, Rich. And we might get another update from you once I think you've got uh, a couple of meetings penciled in with some of the principal racing racing authorities, and uh, we'll get a little update on possible changes yeah. to some of the MBLs and even deductions. I think deductions is a sort of a murky area at the moment. It just feels like every different bookmaker has got different rules and different prices, and it is just a dog's breakfast. So there's, I think, yeah, That's the PRAs need to tidy house a little bit. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah thanks for joining us today, yeah. and we can't wait to get you back on the show and report back on on how things are going. I was going to say credit to Racing Victoria because they actually they reached out to me. I didn't even contact them. They just said, oh, we've, we've decided we can have a look at things. Can we talk to you? So that's what every PRA needs to be doing, which I don't think they do. They don't have to reach out to me, but they need to reach out to a, you know, a significant partner, partner who's got a lot of experience, at least once a year, or multiple experienced partners once a year, find out what's happening in the game, da-da-da-da-da, you know, all that kind of stuff. Because I think at the moment there's been nothing for years, you know, and, um, and that's why we're in a pretty shitty state we're in right now. Okay, up next we'll do some little bit of uh, around the grounds with In the Know with Snow. He's got all the Caulfield Hut Mail and we'll look at the top sport market movers and early bets to see if we can get a lean for this Saturday. But first, puntingform.com.au, Das. Yep, puntingform.com.au. Buy the raw data, build a racing model or use them for your own speed map and sectional time analysis. Puntingform, the number one choice of professional bettors. Up next, In the Know with Snow. Snowman. Welcome back to Bet Doctor. I'm your host, Scoot, with DK and Darcy. It's a behind-the-curtain look at how pro punters operate. And we've talked all the industry stuff, so now it's time to look forward to the weekend, us. Yes, can't mm. wait. Huge weekend. weekend of Group 1 racing. Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so Snowy couldn't join us today, but here are his best bets from the Caulfield Hut. In the know with snow. Caulfield Hut, mail from Mark Bilney. Okay, so the first one. Caulfield, Blue Diamond Stakes, Race 7, Number 13, Entha. Snowy says, Seymour thinks it's unbeatable. It just wins. Well, it's a big call, and yeah. especially with that, all that innuendo about the lameness now. And yeah. But he's saying, I mean, it might, again, it might just be the horse. Kieran Ma's top trainer in Australia. Look, um... Again, it's a price point thing we're talking about with this horse. So uh, it'll be very interesting to see what that transpires in the market and what transpires in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like um, with, with the vets, obviously there's more vets. Got to look at the horse and it's going to come out again in the morning. There's been but, pl- plenty of horses that have won with a tiny little bit of pain and oh, the well, lameness. It, it could be mild lame. Or, it'll be a yeah. bit of shin soreness. That, yeah. you know, that's, but, and it might have been one out of five. I mean, they mm. don't tell you that. So very interesting stuff. I mean, just racing is never boring. and um, Stable confidence <laughs> in the market should tell us. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm. What else is Snowy we'll like? Have to wait and see. What else are you tipping uh, there, Dars? Well, we have Peter Young Stakes, Race 9, Number 9, Non-Conformist. Snowy says, Trialed well before hitting the line, well fresh, suited track, distance, and second up are all ticks. Mm. Yes, well, I know this horse well. 
Mm. Um, I backed him when he won his mail, following him. He savaged the line on, on debut. Mm, real line chaser, this Line chaser. So then uh, then I backed him. I think he went to Caulfield, second start, got out the back, savaged, then he won his maiden at short odds. We didn't get any price. But he's a, he's a smart horse, this. Um, I tumbled into him first up when we were at the races the other day when he resumed. And he, yep. he was drawing the coffin, which we said before the race, first up horse, mm. staying horse from the coffin. Back on the fence. He was going to have a task, wasn't he? And the leader got away with murder. Yeah. So mm. he gets a bit of a golden switch here out wide to draw momentum. Um, so he's a nice horse and with a really good trainer, Graham Big. So, okay. Yep. Mm. So, uh, a, now he's you know facing the big boys. It's sort of D-Day for, for this galloper. He's but, only um, second up, get, though. Gets the right conditions, though. Yeah, gets mm. the right conditions. So you'd be expecting him to run really well here. There's no mm. reason why he won't. Yeah, true. I look forward to seeing that one. Then we have Rose Hill, race eight, number two, Tavisan. Tavisan. He loves a Mick Price runner. Snowy. Yeah, he when, loves a Mick when Price Snowy, uh, okay. when Snowy finds a Mick Price runner interstate, Adelaide or or Sydney or something like it's that, deadly. usually what, you follow. What does he say about that one? Yeah, does? Snowy says from the Mick Price yard is very fit, makes its own luck. Each way plays at eleven dollars, an even affair. In an even affair, yeah. It's mm. a, I haven't I haven't got to that race. There's um there's a lot of form to get cracking into, but the Noonan boys have yeah got it covered there in the hot seat. And we'll just steer the ship here. But, no, they've um, got a Sydney man, you said, Matt Sheen, yeah, and that, Matt so we'll get some good mail up there and see what he hopefully agrees and we can back another winner. Exactly. And then I think Top Sport have provided us their early bets. Where yes. where are they? Where's the hot money early dust? Okay. So we have Caulfield, Futurity Stakes, Race 6, Number 1, Behemoth, 3000 at $3.40, now $3.20. Mm. Yeah, that's um, he's a, he's a nice big big animal. This gonna, he was knocking the door down before his last Group One win, and he Caulfield just suits him down to the down yeah, the ground. Got a map. He looks he looks the good map horse in, mm. in a race where so others are not have got a query over them in the map. He's going to look like he's going to be right there, probably box seat. And I know he's only in Adelaide, and he was entitled to win, but geez, that's the way he hit the line and mm. just rounded him up first up. He's just a good horse, that horse, and bomb proof. So yep, no, that's a good play. Nice. What else? What's next? Then we have Blue Diamond, race seven, number 13, Antha at 15,000 at $2.40, now $2.25. Mm, I don't know who's had this bet, but 15,000 is a big, big stake on a yeah. horse that's all of a sudden got this big cloud over it. But it's the high horse. And as we sort of touched on earlier in the show, this 1,000-meter island stuff, this will be the absolute proof in the pudding for people that are still not convinced that 1,000-metre and 1,200-metre form is a completely different... It's its own island, 1,000 metres, and we've said that all last season, and Mark Lamborn and most pro punters adopt this theory. It's a different beast, so it's going to be interesting to see. I'm fascinated. And then all of a sudden, this element of this lameness is a new dimension as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And more, like I said, the boys said, it's been at a, at a bit slow-paced 1,000-metre races too, mm. like slow tempo where it's at a, no pressure. Gets into a pressure twelve hundred, you know. So just completely different kettle of fish, and yeah. now with this little lameness issue hanging over it, I don't know if I'd want. Uh, well, look, I couldn't chime in at the couldn't, price. Couldn't chime in the price, and I'd say it's going to get to better odds than that. Mm. Mm, interesting. Then we have Oakley Plate Race Eight Number Eighteen Two Thousand Dollars Anders at Eight Dollars Fifty Now. $8. Mm, they go like the clappers in this race. And there's been a couple of horses, but not that many that can find the front and just keep kicking on with it. But there's a lot of people that are interested in Anders. I think mm. maybe yeah. Like yeah. the Noonans are sort of talking about it. They might pull the trigger in the little birdie diamonds. What do you think, DK? Yeah, about so, the race? Yeah. yeah. Oh, quick look, you know, it's early, only early, but um, he stuck, stood out to me as one that if you're playing in the race, I think you've got to have something on him. Mm. Um, the three-year-old with the lightweight, it's going to be on pace. You know, it's not generally an on-pace race. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's a pretty pretty clever bet as well. Mm. Okay. Mm. Then we have Rose Hill, Hobartville Stakes, race seven, number six, Prague, $1,000 at $8, now $7.50. Mm. Good horses race this one. I haven't got through the form in, no, in Rose Hill, but um, we might just keep tabs on that one and mm. see what Matt Sheen and the guys do in the stream there. But, um, yeah. It's been a great show. We've uh, got well, the new studio. We, uh, we'll, we'll, we've got the pictures of you. The toilet story has probably been the highlight of the show for me. And <laughs> yes, you busted the toilet seat and, and put a Smash. put a hole in the plaster wall. Have yeah. you got the plaster mm. out to fix it? If there's a plaster no, out it, there, fix the toilet seat. But yeah. the plaster in the plaster in the door. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Surely <laughs> you've got a bit of a bruise on the back of your head after yeah, that. Sure, there's a bit of dry blood on the top of my scone. <laughs> I tell you, your what. neck neck's a bit still a bit stiff. Oh. <laughs> mm. Might anyway, need a massage. I said I dodged a ball. I could have easily smashed my mouth on the yeah, toilet God. bowl. Or, 
done something, I've done lost teeth or anything. Who knows what it could have been? I've never met oh. anyone that can find a way to get beaten. <laughs> Even when we're out at CF all day, we, we were there for about five minutes and we hand DK the remote to try yeah. and change it over to Sky One so we watch every race, just not the locals. And yeah. lo and behold, DK, five minutes with the remote. TV broken for the first hour and a half. Full staff done to try and fix it. Let's oh, count. was this on Saturday? Yeah, yes, on the Saturday we were at the races. And just, turns out it was just an off and on yeah, job. Yeah, I didn't press the on and off. I could have pressed the on and off button. It would have gone back on. So that's, hmm. yeah, that's how right. good I'm going. Yeah, DK. <laughs> anyway, but we're right. This weekend we've got top sport betting. Everyone will win 10000 on all Group 1 races from here on in. It just shows they're the biggest betting bookmaker. We've heard from Tristan. They are, they're, they're excited for the, the stream. And without them, we just couldn't. No one would bet us these amounts for these streams. So a big uh, hat tip to them. They could absolutely do their life this week. The Noonan boys are going to absolutely stick it to them. So it's going to go one way or the other, boom or bust, and uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen with the live stream. So head to littlebirdiepodcast.com, click on the blue diamond tab, and follow the uh, the prompts there to enter the stream to pay your way in. $50 minimum unit, up to $500 buy-in. We'll smuggle DK into the house. COVID's lifted. The so he, yeah, he crossed the, the arrow. On the, on the YouTube as well. Get on the YouTube. Get, yeah, in, the, get, in, the, get in the chat. We'll be all right. We'll, we'll have some fun on Saturday. We'll, get, we'll keep the boys on their toes as well, which I'm sure they will be anyway. And Darcy, can we see you next week? Yes, I'll be back. back. I'll you be back. Buttering up for more. I'll be back for more. Yep, can't right. wait. Yeah, outstanding. <laughs> okay, follow at BetDoctorTV on Twitter. Follow our YouTube channel, Little Birdie Podcast. And we'll be back next Wednesday with our sports show, Little Birdie Podcast. And the two shows will now run for the rest of the year. It's going to be a big, long season. Jump on the streams. They're really good fun. If you haven't bought in, these boys could turn your money into something big. And just follow the bets and watch along. And if you've got any questions, jump into the YouTube channel and fire away. You're going to learn a lot about punting, and the boys will provide plenty of entertainment, especially the boys up in Brisbane. We're in the Apple Store. We're on Wooshka and Spotify Everywhere. and even SoundCloud. So you'll be able to digest Bet that. Doctor on any platform you like. Thanks, and we'll be back next week.